Tanel and Jeremy Tanel. Streaming to you recorded from Seattle, Washington. Here. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to uh, another episode of the Plowline Podcast, a Plowline production with me, your host, Jeremy Tunnell, and my co-host. Hello, everyone. This is Jerry Balrosa Tunnell. It's nice to be here with you. And we are very fortunate to um, have a good friend with us this afternoon and um, a colleague, Fiata Robinson. She is the Operations and Culture Director for KUOW and um, and a good friend of ours over this past uh, year. I've had a great opportunity to be able to interact with her professionally and personally, and, um, and we've enjoyed engaging in really deep conversations that revolve around uh, not just life, but systems and, and how we all fit into it. And, and Fieta is a, one of those rare natural systems thinkers that is, uh, that is, always bringing brilliant ideas forward and perspectives that uh, really kind of allow you to move into a new realm of understanding. So we are very glad to have her on board the podcast today and to engage in a conversation around values. Uh, So today we're going to kick the conversation off with uh, the ideas around values and living out your value system within your vocation, within your life, and determining and searching and figuring out what those values are as you get older and as life changes and as priorities change. So, Fieta, welcome. Thank you. And thank you for that gracious response of, of, of who I am. I'm like, wow, I didn't know I was those things. I need Jeremy to like introduce me everywhere. <laughs> I'll, I'll just follow you around and yeah, and yeah just you know with my theme music because yeah. I always in my head have theme music when I'm walking around <laughs> I, I would love to hear that theme music <laughs> I'm telling you it's like sometimes it's toxic and I'm just like in my head like, you know I always have theme music it helps me keep my spirits up when things are down you know I love it. you know awesome navigate the world so, um, Jerry, why don't you give it a started with, uh, with values? How, um, I, you know, I think one of the things that um, in being in relationship with you for these past 16 years that, uh, longer than that, that I have um, observed and always admired is that you can't help but live out your values. And even though, and you're quite good at, um, as your value systems change and mature, you're very good at um, immediately incorporating those changes in your life um, when needed. Um, how do you do it? Um, good question. Good question. I think, um, you know, it's like I value, I value relationship and I value the, um, the, the ambiguous nature of relationship as it matures and shifts and change. And so it's like, I think, I think I've got, you know, over the years, I've gotten really good at dancing with ambiguity because I don't know what's going to happen next. So taking, taking the steps forward and um, 
hoping that there is some kind of synchronicity that happens within that ambiguity. Um, that's kind of how I've been doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just uh, because I do, right? It's like I, I, I do, I value, I value family time. I value relationship. I value, um, I value society as a whole, even though um, in, in our society, we could have so many different um, things out there that will go against my value. But I really try to work to see if a person comes into my life where it's like, ooh, what is it that they're teaching me, right? Whether they stay for a season or they're staying for a lifetime, I feel that we were all teachers somehow. And I value learning. I value learning. Hence being in school for 12 years. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fiera, how do you incorporate um, your value systems in your everyday? Deliberately. <laughs> it's um it can be challenging um when there's so many forces against them and since i don't share um common values with everyone right everyone values different different things they're often you know um coming to a place where there's an impasse <laughs> or um there's a give and take that help, you know, that, but if you, if you know who you are, you kind of stick to those values, but there's a lot of risk that comes with it. Right. Yeah. Um, and those risks is what I end up weighing. It is the risk of not doing this, this way for this value set, is it going to cause more harm? <laughs> is it going to shut down so that I can't live any other values? Yeah. Um, um, it's just, uh, that's, uh, but there are certain things that I won't break. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and being in an organization, I mean, this is always something that was difficult for me, uh, being within an organization, especially an organization that has, um, you know, that, that has a significantly large hierarchy, uh, which are all organizations do, but uh, corporations, you know, um, yeah, uh, they, uh, I always found it very difficult. Um, I always found like I was running up against uh, my values as a, and, and the values that, um, that my boss or the organization as a whole had a huge part of that was time. Uh, you know, um, I always, I always had the, I couldn't shake the notion that I was giving my best, even though I probably wasn't giving my best, but I was giving effort, you know, I was giving myself um, within that organization and it, um, and um, I was squandering my opportunity to put that, uh, you know, to put that work to work for something that I wanted. Mm. Right. Mm. That's why it's okay for me. Um, they say the saying, uh, time is money. I don't really mm. like that saying, right? Because um, 
money, it's money you can earn it, you can get it, and you can get time you can't get back. So to say that time is money is doesn't make sense to me in my brain, right? right. You know, um, for me, what's valued is purpose. Mm-hmm. You spend time you can't get back for something that's purposeful, and when yeah. you're not doing something with purpose, that's when you feel like you're losing time. That's when you feel like your time is money, right? Right. That for me, I'm not saying that it should be for but, but in the grand scheme of things, um, that phrase is a very, you know, capitalist phrase. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Um, right. Because we do things with meaning for purpose and we spend what we can't get back on things that matter. Hmm. Yeah. And so when you're doing things that don't matter with that time that you can't get back is when you have a problem. Right. And yeah. when you're doing it for organizations like, you know, troubled organizations, it feels even worse. Oh, it does. That's, I mean, I'm not saying putting words in your mouth. Or <laughs> that's, that's kind oh, of no. how I look at how I look at it. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, that was part of the, some of the direct conflicts that I've had in, in, in my, you know, in my, my vocational career with corporations is uh, hawking, you know, like working for Comcast cable, you know, like uh, spending my time um, trying to encourage, there was a, there was a time uh, at Comcast, I was a marketing manager and, um, and uh, you it sure felt, you want to do you sure you sure you want to say the name of the place you worked? <laughs> oh, at uh, at at Mon Bast, and um, it doesn't really matter. And um, um, there was a time where I didn't even own a television, and um, you know we were all required. We were all given the cable box and and internet. It was part of it was part of it was part of. Uh, uh, your benefits package. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I had that thing hooked up in my house and actually, interestingly enough, one of the things you could get on the digital cable spectrum, because, um, because the government contracts that, that were, were made with the cable company was you could get crystal clear radio. Um, and so I would actually listen to, um, because at that time you couldn't get a real good Seattle reception. Um, in, in fact, you really couldn't get Seattle reception. You listened to Vancouver, BC stations in Bellingham when we were there. And so I would listen to, I would use it in order to tune into my local NPR station down in, um, down in Seattle, um, cause you had clear reception and, uh, I got pulled into my boss's office. Um, and he said, he said, Hey, um, we've been pulling reports on cable boxes, which was interesting because they were looking at what all the employees were watching and using on their pay-per-view and mm-hmm. um, you know uh, and um, and he said, it appears to us that you don't have this hooked up to a television. Uh, and I said, well, I don't, I don't own a TV. And he said, you're a marketing manager for, for this corporation and you don't own a television. And um, and it was a huge conflict in values because at the time, I felt like television was a uh, was a massive um, suck of my uh, time and attention, and and um, which it is, and um, and so 
uh, yeah, I became, and that was just one example of being in direct conflict with, you know, with my value system and, 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 you know, the vocation I had chosen, which was marketing, which I was good at, you know, that is incredible. What is a breach of privacy, right? It's in the small fine print. In the in the fine print somewhere, like here's your incentive, but we're going to watch what you watch. We're going to download and share out, and you know, with 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 the data to everyone around this table what you do with it, with our box. Oh yeah, you know, and, and you're yeah, there was no privacy for it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there was no privacy. I remember they wanted me to, uh, you know, this was another one. They wanted me to um, make a relationship with the campus in order to. Um, get digital boxes in all the dorm rooms so that students could then have access to pay-per-view. And, uh, and I, I, I actually refused. I said, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. Uh, which, yeah, I, my goodness. I mean, just on uh, there alone, the person who's asking you to do it shows that your value systems aren't there, right? Not just the company, but anybody who would choose that. Yeah. And come to you with it. Yeah. Is a, there's a value disconnect there, right? Um, right? But if it's your child, especially if you know that the meaning behind this, like there is no good behind that. Right. The purpose for having it in there is to sell what they're, what your market to them, what they already look to. They're using data to only improve themselves. It's not right. you know, the children, which is. Yeah classic capitalism <laughs> oh yeah yeah because Every there's it's it's it, it is something we should not value you think right. about all the harm that it's caused it's insane right? yeah how how much harm screens have caused right you know the proliferation of screens which that was just an early iteration of it mm-hmm. i don't know if the screens so much are the harm though the content coming through it i think it's the content that's coming through mm. I think that we should evolve. Uh, you, know, I, you know, I mean, we are evolving systems. I mean, half, you know, more than half of our brain is in firing because at some point we're going to evolve. So to take away the, the natural talents of people who help us evolve, I don't think that's where we should go. I think it's our values that's the problem. Yeah. I think we must evolve. I mean, this world itself is evolving around us. I mean, we're helping it evolve into you know, detrimental things, right? But I think even without that, it would still evolve, which requires us to do the same. Yeah. And um, so I don't think it's the screens, right? Um, I do believe it's the content. So uh, would you consider that? um, So if the value system is growth and learning um, and the content is doing the opposite of that, is the content is 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 the type of content, whether positive or negative, um, that's coming through attached to morality? I think so. I think what Dr. G said earlier is that our purpose is to pass on knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's why no matter how far we go back in our history even to hieroglyphics, there's a story there. Our job is to tell that story. And those stories help us to evolve. Um, And we have a choice to make. 
based on social habits, how we take that information and act on it. Yeah. And so, you know, if we think about the stories we've learned from the past actions, it should be telling us to do things differently. Yeah. But it isn't because the values are so disconnected. They value things like capitalism, which right. is instantly harmful, right? And also they, violence. And well, violence, you know, yeah. I think that our world is just, I mean, the way we define violence, I think our world is naturally violent, right? We have volcanoes sure. <laughs> and oceans and earthquakes. So if I could see that our world itself is a environment, I can't take us out of it. We too, in some ways, have some kind of violent tendency too. Indeed. Right? Um, But we lean on it like we lean on, you know, flight or, you know, (laughs) when we do, when we have our fear in actions, right? We lean on violence when we have to, Um, but we do that, but we are so broken that violence is the first thing we think because we we constantly live in this culture of fear. Yeah. Um, what a beautiful concept that you brought up, though, Fiera, is, you know, looking at the environment as something that is violent, you know, um, volcanoes and earthquakes, which we have that. We have those tendencies as well where we can right. blow up and shake things up. Right. It's, it, it is about, it is about, you know, like you were talking about of the, the knowledge that we have, how we're actually um, bringing, you know, taking in and then delivering it back out. The, the, the reciprocity of, of yeah. that information is going to determine how balanced are you within yourself? What values do you have within yourself? So if we were, if we were, um, you know, violent in a way where we caused physical harm to individuals, when we receive those messages, we are going to react in that way. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Well, yeah. I, mean, I mean, think every, every volcano that explodes and it just explode, right? It's building new land, mm-hmm. right? Yes. <laughs> yep. Changing and reshaping our world the yeah. same thing with water mm. the same thing of even just just the the nature around us right the birds right we could say that they're violent the way they attack things or the whales right but it changes i mean you think about the migration of animals in some terrains in africa they kill off everything but they move on and then they come back when they, i mean nobody tells them hey right the food's back over here <laughs> They know when to stop, go away, hibernate, come back, right? They're so, naturally um, system thinkers. <laughs> that, and, and in the line of that, of that system, right? And, and that how volcanoes are also creating new land, you can go the other direction with, the, with it. And in order for a volcano to erupt, there's got to be a buildup of pressure, right? So, so, <clears throat> so going back to this idea of um, 
of violence. Yeah, I, I don't think you're going to take violence out of humanity by any means. And I think if that's our goal, then, then we're manipulating the human being in a way that's unnatural. Exactly. But the buildup of pressure that causes violence and screens, for instance, the content that's coming through those screens, that that, that can be different, right? I, I The reason why I, I was looking up a, a statistic that I recently um, read, um, by the time an individual reaches 20 years of age, um, they've seen over 80,000 violent images um, on television. That does not include video games. Um, and so, you know, when, when we're looking at, um, you know, things like uh, movies like John Wick or um, the, even the, you know, the Matrix or our obsession with, um, with violence and gun violence in particular, um, and, um, you know, and the proliferation of, you know, almost pornographic, uh, um, uh, uh, examples of, of gun violence, these, you know, ridiculous dances of John Wick running through scenes, you know, um, that's, um, is that a value system or, or is that morality? Is that the morality of our, of, of, of what we're choosing to put through the content? I believe that you you have put your thumb on something there. It is, it, I mean, it isn't the video game itself or the violence itself, it's the morality. It mm. is our obsession with death. It's our obsession with how it can come about. It's our obsession with the engineer, ingenuity behind it. It's not that John Wick is killing people. We've always had Westerns that kill, you know, Westerns that kill people. It's how it's done. It's, you know, it is, it's the, it's like, what did it take? Like, you know, what skill did it take in order for you to flip the gun for that to happen, for this to happen? Yeah. It's the natural tendency to be curious about things we don't do. Right. Coupled with, more, more, with, with death. And we yeah. can see that in things like Survivor. There's no death there, but people were obsessed with it. Right. It, it is how we're, we're we're curious as a being and so the more you can put that those images on tv or anything else right um yep in in a, in a, in a really crafty way kind of connects us to it and draws us to it yeah and yeah. with the content part of it or the images part of it is control yes yeah go on elaborate so, you know, so although we have those curiosities, that's why we come up with the wheel and the airplane and all these other things that are violent, right? That don't take life. Um, it's the fact that there's some control there that mm. you can control what happens. Mm. And those things, and then so when we start feeling that we don't have control, that's when you take up to that, those, those thoughts. Yes. Um, because in those images, John Wick was trying to take back something he had lost, which is his ability to just be free. Right. Yeah. And so well said. That is what is driving people to these images, right? Because I mean, that's what it's all about. It's about control. It's about it our ability to control our lives in a way that makes us and helps us to feel free. Mm. And when we have only the images of taking on a gun and such and such, 
you know, that's what we do because we've been habituated into this place where this is how you get free. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dr. G's got to go here soon. Um, I've got to, yeah. Do you want to close out with a, with a, with a thought on that? I, I, I am going, I have to, I'm going to have to watch this because I know that the conversations that you're both about to um, go on to is going to be really, really interesting. And so I, I'm sorry that I have to leave Fiera, but enjoy this conversation because it's going to be, it's going to be a ride. And I'm hoping that our listeners will be able to take it in. And, you know, one of the things as, as, as you're going into this and bringing things up is that I would want our listeners to, if there is something that comes up that triggers them or activates their somatic, you know, their somatic responses to pause for a minute and ask themselves, not, not question what Jeremy or Fieta is saying, but ask themselves, why is this? Why is this making me feel this way, especially when it comes to the content and um, what what we're seeing in our country? And and Jeremy, you you talk about it a lot is that, you know, it's like what's driving what does what we're watching driving what society is doing or what is happening in society driving what is being put on the air? So I'll leave you with all that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, I think you bring up a really good, a really good point. Um, have a good lunch. Yes. And, um, and I'll see you uh, all later. We'll reconnect. I'll see you later, okay. Dr. G. I'm all right. To be here. I know. I know. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. I think that's a conversation that the two of us ha- have quite a bit. And it's something that I've thought about. Do you, do you remember <clears throat> when we were younger, um, how that, that question kind of seemed to be, um, you know, revolving around the, the ether of society of, you know, does television um, influence culture or does culture influence television? Is Madonna a product of the culture or is, or is, uh, or is Madonna influencing the culture, you know, as all these um, young women back in the uh, late eighties were dressing like a virgin, you know, from her video. And, um, and I think it's both, right. it's both however um and and that's and that's the case that's always going to be the case no matter what the form of media is um you know uh media is always going to be a reflection of society and it's going to drive society just as uh you know that and that form of media can be clothing styles it can be um you know it can be um uh, slang memes and language Mm -hmm. the I think the thing that um, that I think about in that realm is um, is the power of media. So just as a radio station can increase its broadcasting power, mm-hmm. I think media can increase its influence. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it can increase its influence. And this is where we go back, to, I think, to screens. Mm-hmm. It can increase its influence by the proliferation of not just content, but the but the ability to um, to see that content everywhere. So. When we were kids, um, I remember, you know, you you would get home from school and you'd have to do your homework and then maybe you'd get a couple hours of television a night. Um, and uh, today we live in a world in which screens fit in our pocket. And when you're a passenger in a car or you're riding on the bus or 
um, you know, or, you know, wherever, right. You're in the bathroom, wherever you can, you can be taking in that content. So then it begs the question, what influences what does culture influence uh, media or does media influence culture? Well, since the modes of, of transferring information has changed over time, I don't think that this is something that we'll ever get rid of, mm -mm. right? And I think that the world has changed. Uh, I know people say uh, for the worst, but I say for the better because we have more good than we do have bad. The mm. bad is just so bad that we're just like, what's happening to us, right? Yeah, maybe it's also what's um, broadcast. And well, what's 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 broadcast too, but we can't shut out our world either. Right. Right. I think it's more than I think that's I think it's more than just the modes of that transmission or the image of that transmission, or I think it's also the meaning we put to the things we see. I think that we have these habits, and I think Eddie Gaud, um, God, you know, the um, professor, he talked about this in his book about these racial social habits and things like this, that we have these habits um, because we've learned from them, even when we don't think we're learning, right? If we have a habit of seeing that um, anytime you wear blue, something good happens to you, you naturally wear blue, all, you know, it's teaching us the meaning of blue, mm. right? And I think that that's what's happening with um, when we see these images and things like that. Um, if they, if you constantly see, if the only thing you see is what they're telling you um, that, you know, this person who wears red, these things happen. And then you know, you're not saying anything about the person who wears white or, or, or purple, right? Um, but you notice that anybody who's wearing purple is safe. Yeah, yeah. Right? You don't have to tell me that, you know, you don't have to explicitly tell me that I need to be in that space. I automatically want to be in that space. Yeah. Yeah, those are those social habits. and undefined but defined meanings of the images that we see constantly and i think because our brains work that way people who want to take advantage of us use content that way and so um everyone in the 80s the kind of things that we saw in the babysitter club i didn't watch tv like you so i yeah. don't know I, I might even get the uh, the tv uh, series wrong or no that was a movie <laughs> yeah that was a movie yeah I might even get those wrongs, but I do remember the kind of clothing that people were wearing and things like that. And no one told me to wear those things. They were just the option. They were just, they were just one in the stores option, uh, option. And the images meant something like, right? Women at that time were just finding themselves because they were just free. They were being freed in some ways over time to be right. themselves, right? Madonna yeah. was in that era, right? Yeah, And so she spoke for the songs that she sang, spoke to people. And so if you mimic it, then you too feel like you're free of it. Yeah, yeah, well said.
And so that's why, you know, we have these patterns in our society. They just follow what we need or, you know, we have, you know, we, what we fear of. And then other patterns happen because we fear other people's fear. Because mm. we learn that when they have fear, they react differently. Right? So if they fear powers being taken from them, then they rush to change policy around the things that I love. Yeah. Yeah. And we see this happening all over. You know, we, we have great examples of this when it comes to uh, education on on race, equity, and inclusion, um, you know, on rights, right. You start taking away the patriarch with the, 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 you know, the, the positionality that comes with it or the power that they saw comes with it. Yeah. The freedom that comes with it. And there's, there's a group of people who are like, wait, wait, you know, like, I don't, I don't want this. And so to take it back, they start changing things and right. And to keep it in place, I think, you know, Jeremy, I was thinking about that. Like, why do they stay in place? Like, you know, there's so many more people who want things differently. Um, One is to make sure that we fear their fear. Mm. Right. And, And in order to do that, they put policies and things in place and they reinforce it by its stands of law. Yes. Right. Um, The stands of law. But the other thing is, I believe that, that, you know, that they do this is because we don't, because they, they know, or somehow we know that if we also change the meaning of words around things, the definition of things, that also helps, which is why we've got, you know, critical race theory meaning apple juice now, right? right? (laughs) Yeah, it's been so watered down with poor, you know, exactly. That's why we can't use words that makes sense like rebellion yeah yeah or conspiracy or conspiracy right like it is okay to rebel against this i mean rebel in itself means to rebel against something that is not just that is not right that is not uh, with your values Mm. but they tied rebellion to violence so now when you say it instantly in your mind it means oh we're taking up arms right but right. that's not what it means. Yeah. Where and conspiracy um, is another word that I think is a, it's actually a beautiful word. Con, um, you know, together inspire to breed, right. breed together. Right. Uh, you know, it's a beautiful word. Um, and um, and it's and it's been turned into this thing um of um of cuckoo make-believe. Um, when the reality is is that is that human beings conspire, breed right. together um, all, all of reality. That's, oh, that's what we you know, that's what we do in meetings that's what we do in meetings that's we what conspire. we do inspire <laughs> right that's what we do when we're commuting to work and we're all driving down uh you know at 80 miles an hour in that's four right. different lanes without without wrecking you know we're that's conspiring right. we're conspiring to to, right. to 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 move ourselves down the road that's right which takes us back to the values that i was talking about earlier when you know before this started that you know me taking a look at those values right um, you can't move together conservatively as one if you're not sharing the same value systems. Right. Which we don't, right? We, right. we don't inherently, and I don't know that that's even possible. 
I, I don't know that it's possible for us to share the same value systems, but I think there's some foundational values that we should be able to share. One of those is um, dignity and respect to our fellow human being. That's right. That's a willingness right. to try and understand their, their, their point of view. Right. Uh, a willingness to change our own point of view um, when, when that point of view isn't necessarily working for a large portion of humanity. That's right. But when you've got groups that are in positionalities of power, and that power is now under threat because large groups of humanity are not in agreement with those mm-hmm. values, um, then instead of, um, instead of valuing the change of, uh, and the challenge to those value systems, they, uh, they're in a position where they can utilize that power to protect it. That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Yeah, and, that's, and that's where we said, well, 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 well said, you know, and every time we allow it to happen, every time we cannot rebel, right. every time we can't say the word revolution, right, which just means to bring about a change against something that is, ju- you know, that's something that's taking away just, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and- it, it, uh, because it sounds bloody and gory when it shouldn't, right? You know, um, we inadvertently, you know, uh, perpetuate those systems. Yes, we do. And, you know, and, and because of it, these, these words that they, they, they change the meaning on, on for us, um, it seeks to reinforce their positionality. Sure. Right. right. Because they've changed the meaning on words. So critical race theory. So um, uh, there's a group of, of words that, um, that challenge that power structure in an extraordinarily well thought out way, right? Uh, you know, critical race theory, for those of you that, that may not know, is, um, is a collection of dissertations that were put together between the mid 80s to the late 90s um, that were post, um, post-1964 um, um, uh, you know, equal, equal rights bill, which, which changed the law um, as far as how uh, race and color um, are um, are utilized in the the legal uh, manifestation of America to hold down whole groups of people. So the law was changed, but the culture wasn't. And uh, and so critical race theory and the and the individuals who wrote those dissertations um, in, for their PhDs were exploring the cultural changes that needed to take place and the cultural lenses that were keeping these oppressive systems in place. That's what critical race theory is. It is not a curriculum taught in school. It is not, uh, you know, it is not some unified idea or ideal. In fact, some of those dissertations don't actually agree with each other. Mm. It is a, it is a group of dissertations, a group of ideas, and that's it. So, um, so to understand that that's what that is, and then to see how it's been used and manipulated by media and by um, content um, and individuals in order to vilify it, to hold the power structure in place, should be an eye opener. It should be revealing to what's actually taking place there. Mm-hmm. But it people is. don't take the time to, to learn or to challenge themselves. 
but they, but that all too. I mean, I was just joking with my friend Lori, who laughed at me. I was like, I'm just waiting for them to announce a four month, you know, school curriculum. Like that, that's it. That's all you need. <laughs> right. Four months of school. I'm just waiting for them to announce it. Yeah. Because they are, they are systematically taking down education. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way that it's so watered down that you don't have critical thinking at all. No, not at all. Right. And then not if you all. teach it in any school, they come up with, I don't know how liberal became a bad word because this whole country was founded on liberty. Yes. <laughs> we have a statue that states it. <laughs> yeah. Statue of liberty. Right. Yeah. But they've made but they've made liberal a different meaning altogether. And they've now put that on all schools. Anything right. that teaches you, anything that teaches you to think differently right. is liberal. Right. That should just wake us up. That should shake us loose in so many ways. Like, oh my goodness, they're taking my way, my ability to think. Right. Therefore, I am. Right. Just to quote his quotes on yeah. that. Yeah. Right. If yeah. I mean, you are not a person if you cannot think. Right. And they're yeah. taking this away from you systematically and you're giving them permission to do so. Yeah. Routinely. Routinely. And I, I think the reason one of the reasons why I think that that is um, that is happening, but also I think the reason why people don't see it is because we're living in a world in which you don't actually have to think for yourself. Um, you can be fed content that, um, you know, that, that, um, that is not necessarily. And in fact, with the algorithm in place um, behind that content, it's now driving content that you find agreeable. So it's not challenging you in any way. So you don't need to think, right? So, so we're now consumers of content, but more than that, we're also, we're also the product, right? As all of our data is mined and taken and, and utilized against us, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're now in a, in a situation in which we are now uh, not just the, the, the consumers of the content, but we, are, we become the product um, as well. And so, and so you don't but, need to think. But, 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 but Jeremy, it's not there. It's not. When we say when we say media, I, I sometimes I get a little a little like yes we because we can't get rid of media right we've like no. the modes of transfer of information so it's not media it's the people behind it it's the people who come forth with their you know broken values who think it's okay to share it yes right mm-hmm. um I think about when we were kids you know any any uh, all kids have an imagination right is we don't have much yet, you know, to, to build our world. And so we imagine what that world would be. Most of the times we don't imagine violent things. Right. things violent things cost us, but we imagine happy things, right? Yeah. We get our little, you know, reindeers and, and, and you know, and unicorns and things like that from. We yeah. imagine good things, right? And then in school, it helps us set aside those comfortable illusions mm-hmm. to bring in practicality. And and you know and 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 and, and science and those things right. they help us have think critically around hard structures in our life and even the soft structures in our life, mm-hmm. right? That's the part that's taken away. They 
that, you know, so that whole idea of, you know, just, you know, um, the, the images that they show us constantly every day, it's not that because we're lazy minds, mm-hmm. it's because they've removed the ability to, to set aside those comfortable illusions to think critically about what they see. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Go into that. What do you mean by go into it? <laughs> well, like, so, so what is the consequence of that? Like, like the, the consequence is that we shut down. We, the consequences is that we're so comfortable with those illusions mm. that we don't want change, that we're not willing to fight hard enough for that change, that we don't rebel, that we don't have a revolution. Um, that, you know, we're just comfortable. Right. And it makes us seem and, uh, and makes us talk about others who don't act. Right. Yes. You know, um, like they're fools. Yes. Right. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Which also perpetuates, you know, the social habit. Like those people over there are fools because in my mind, I've seen them act against their own bodies yeah right yeah and it's because they're in places where they've taken away that mode of of education that lets them set aside comfortable illusions to think critically about what's happening around them college brings it back it does yeah it's a it is a chat it is it teaches you to challenge all that it teaches you to challenge us to think linearly how the school systems that are set up in different areas, they don't have a federal mandate, the states get to define what it is your your child learns, even though sometimes a district does. Yeah, right? right. So when you have that kind of, you know, um, deliberate and designed, you know, modes for harm in a way because you want to control or keep power. Mm then this is what you get. Yeah. You get the kids who go to school become more liberal. Right. Which is, right. it's not, they're not coming more liberal. They're just being awakened. Yes, they are. Yeah. Right? And, and they're challenging, they're challenging the systems and the, the systems values around and, them. And the values around them. Yeah. And so the more, so it seems like there's a, there is a yin yang there to that, right? Because the more that, um, the more that the system works to try and protect itself or to perpetuate, um, you know, a linear thinking, uh, you know, non-critical thinking mindset, um, and, you know, and, uh, and then the harder that those that learn critical thinking, um, especially in college, are going to push That's and right. challenge. That's right. Right. That's so they're right. an outgrowth of each other. Right. They, they are. And those who value money more than they do life or value capitalism more, I mean, more than they, they, they do other lives, you know, they also see that if they do this, there's some benefit to it, right? Mm-hmm. And that fear of not having it or that fear of what happens to them if they don't have it. Yeah. Um, is more powerful, even though it is an illusion. Right. Um, as fear is. As fear is. As fear right. is, right? It is an um, illusion. Yeah. It, 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 it reinforces a system that assaults them every day. 
Right. Yes. And so, and it's complicated, but our world is complicated, but you know, and it's nonlinear. It's nonlinear. <laughs> and so to attack it in the same way, and I mean the word attack because it's aggressive, right? To attack the system the same way that we've been trying to um, do it, which is very linear, isn't going yeah. to help us become better humans to each other. Yeah. We have to do it differently. Right. And so, yeah. and that is for anything that we're tackling. Right. Um, if you use, um, if your, your first thought is that you have to make someone or something comfortable before you can change, you're thinking linearly. Yes. Because you're thinking from the beginning, you are in fear of their fear of change because and I think, and, and Eddie, and I read this in Eddie, um, um, doctor, I should call him Dr. God's book <laughs> about, uh, about these, um, social systems, um, these, these social, um, systems that are in place that we just live, that we absolutely just live because of what we are taking in every day. We like we're swimming in the culture that we are. So we are the products of that culture too. Yeah. Until you attack it very, I mean, routinely and deliberately. Like the values, like I tell you, my values, you have to live those deliberately every day mm. um, in order to break through a system you swim in. Right. Well, it goes, I think that, that deliberate uh, challenge that you're referring to, I think, goes back to what Dr. G was saying before she left. Which, um, which is um, uh, developing the ability in order to, instead of just like that fish swimming in, in, that, in the water, right? And we're swimming through this culture. The fish will bite at whatever's in front of it, right? It will go after whatever's in front of it. Um, and uh, um, if, if, what, if somebody is, is saying something that challenges your value system, um, uh, the nonlinear path is to, um, not say, I don't like what they're saying. This needs to, you know, it's right. to say, why don't I like what the, what they're saying? That's right. That's right. Why, why don't I like that? How come this makes me feel this way? That's right. And, and to, and to, uh, explore through self-reflection, self-awareness and self-regulation. That's right. And that's how you become a leader of your own body. Yeah. And that's how you take back control over your body. Mm. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's it. And I also tell people stop saying we want radical change. Yeah, I don't want radical change. I want rebel change. I and, and I don't mean, you know, you know, um, violence or, or rebellion you know right. <laughs> i mean quiet rebellion <laughs> you know yeah. it's, it's that's self-reflection that's self-reflection that, that is self-reflection yes quiet rebellion that's beautiful and so you know uh, 
that's that, that's what I've been kind of thinking about. You you started off like <laughs> you're asking me like what I've been thinking about. That's what I've been thinking about lately. Like, um, and you won't be able to change everyone. Okay, that's not your you know, in some ways, you're not, you're, that's not your job to change everyone, right? Uh, or it's your job to change mm-hmm. and to tell a story and to share those stories in a way that opens up people's minds so that they themselves can apply whatever it is. They have a choice at that point. You've told them the story. To be a full being, you have to have a choice. Yes. You've included them. You've given them and provided them information. That is factual and non-harmful. And now they get to choose which path they want to take. Yeah. The path that's going to advance themselves in harm or or in in non-harmful ways or the path that continues to cause harm. Yes. And if they actively do this, then you know who they are. Yes. And then you know who you are too. And then we can stop saying that, you know, this stuff happens by magic. Right. That we operate by a culture of magic. Yeah. <laughs> right? Nothing is by magic. Yeah. Everything is deliberate. Right. There yeah. are certain things that we don't know we're inadvertently doing. But if you are being deliberate about the actions that you take based on the values that help humanity and yourself, you know, in that humanity, you know. It's um, it's pretty simple, but yeah. that's me speaking, right? Because I think of everything, like right. If I don't stop this person from walking in front of the car, not only am I going to have nightmares about it, you know, why I had to ask myself why didn't I want to protect their humanity? Not only does that come to call, you know, that causes me great strain and stress. It also causes the driver who didn't mean to hit that person, right? right. It also changes the lives around everybody else. Yes. It also says, maybe we need a crosswalk here. <laughs> right. Maybe we need, right? Something we probably didn't need, but we put in the system there because. And because you put a crosswalk there, that person or someone else, um, it's not done with thought, with purpose. You know, that breaks down another system because they didn't think about that. Right. Like this would cause a backup on I-5. Yeah. Yeah. Those right? are feedback that, loops. Yeah. And you know, that that now people who had to have very little time to get to their job, dropping off their kids can't get there. Right. And so what do you have? You have people with power. Like I need people to help me build this capitalism. You need to what? Build more bridges. That means tearing down more trees. That yep. means, to, you know, that means people who have to work harder for less. Yeah. That, that's what happens when you don't practice humanity. Yes. Yeah. And by it, practicing humanity, it means starting and being in your own humanity first. That's right. That's, that's right. And building right. compassion. Building, building compassion. Mm-hmm. Right. You stop that person and go in front. They're like, oh my God, you saved my life. That act alone changes who they are. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it changes it, their trajectory. It changes their trajectory. Now yeah, they're gonna look both ways before crossing the street. They might take their phone eyes <laughs> off, off their iPhone. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully, right? Yeah. Yeah. But still that is their choice. And it was your choice to save them despite the color of their skin, despite who they are, despite what they do, 
despite their religion, their creed. Because you choose to see their humanity. You chose to see their humanity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think cultivating that is is the is is the 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 value choice, and I and I think that going back to um, the you know the morality of the messaging, um, you know, uh, that's the message that that uh, the because it is a powerful tool that if that message could be widely broadcast, see you know see each other's humanity, um, cultivate your own humanity, cultivate your own connection to, uh, you know, to your, your, your place in space-time, you know, the coordinates in which you exist, um, you know, which is, which is reconnecting to, uh, you know, land, reconnecting to each other, reconnecting to community, reconnecting to your own inner, inner dialogue and your inner perspective and cultivating and developing um, that process of, compassion for, for yourself, self-reflection with yourself, that messaging, um, could change the world. It could change the world. I don't even think we need images or, or anything like that to, I just think that there, we are connected in other ways that we, besides the images that we see on, on, on somebody's computer. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it, it's, it's, I think we know it's broken when we see it happen, mm. but otherwise, you know, we, it's like the air we breathe, we just breathe it. Right. Um, it, I didn't have to see on TV to put my hand out in front of somebody who's about to walk. It just happens. Yes. It just happens. No matter how old it just happens. Right. That's the innate, you know, just the instant. It's whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. That is that connection that we can't see, but we do. Yeah. No matter what, when it's broken, when we see someone harming someone who's houseless on the street, kicking them and we walk by. Mm. But most people don't. Most people scream out, hey, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. We interfere. It is it is our connectivity to that humanity that does that. So, uh, so I don't think we need that. I think we need to remove the meaning or the fear that they put in us around doing so. How do we do that? I believe that, you know, we have been trying to with, mm. with evolving and what we teach our children. And as we have been changing as a society, the very small minority that has a lot of power is trying to push back. Yeah. Yeah. Actively. Actively. Mm-hmm. Every day. I mean, saying just bizarre, you know, illogical and practical things and trying to build a force of people who believe that dragons are out there stealing babies yeah right they have to they have the results of the things that we used to burn witches for right right Right? that's how bad it is right and when that's not working well we're just going to remove all of your privileges yeah like the privilege to your life and your body yep you know i mean it's actively coming after us evolving yes it is 
Yeah, it we is. just have to see it for what it is, and every day assault those those common racist tropes and modes of oppression that we see every day with rebel. We have to rebel against it. And it and doesn't how, mean to be violent. No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean to be violent. It doesn't um, mean to be violent. No, but means- how does that, so how does that, um, but how does that end up interacting in our, um, in our institutions that we're embedded in? When when we when we do that when we when we cultivate that behavior of rebellion of of quiet rebellion, you align your values with organizations that meet them, mm. and you bankrupt the ones that are bankrupt of those values. Yeah, and they'll change. Yeah. They'll change who's leading it. Because you know what they value. Right. Yeah. They value our trans actions. Right. Not our transformation. Right. Well said. And so if you know what what they value, then don't align yourself with someone who doesn't, you know, have your values. And let those places go bankrupt. Mm -hmm. And they will change. Yeah. And that takes purpose. And that takes purpose. And then you have to speak that with passion. Right. But they also know, they also have made a trope out of that too. Like anybody who speaks loudly and with passion or all of a sudden aggressive, especially black and brown bodies, right? They're, that's just angry. Again, they change the meaning of passion. No one influences anyone without passion. Right. Well said. (laughs) <laughs> well said. No one. Yeah. So why when a black or brown body does it, it's aggression. Right. Right. That makes no sense. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. So so the well, so, so what's encouraged is passiveness. Exactly. What's encouraged is passiveness. And that passiveness comes because they want us to fear their fear. Yes. I like that. And so, and, and so they're like, well, no, if you say it quietly, or if you say it in a, a, a third girl, you know, third grade voice, <laughs> like you speak it to two-year-olds or seven-year-olds, then we'll stop. That doesn't work. We've been doing that for years. Has it changed? No, not at all. So that, you know, I think about all the things that has changed us. It was rebel. It was rebellion. It was revolution. Those things changed us. It was also passion. And it was passion. And it was the ability to broadcast. Right? Exactly. Right? It, was, right. it was the ability to broadcast and do it in circles. Right? What we call today influencers, we had matriarchs. Yes. Ooh, well said. And, you know, so, and, and so we had family members that you believed in and the values that you believed in. And you remember them. Well, my mother said this and this and this. Right? And those those words carried through mm. with passion. Yeah, and purpose. With purpose, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, you find more people like that, and believe in the process because you have to believe in the process. Yeah. It won't even take long to do. 
It will take 50 years. It won't even take two days. Because when you block off I-90 for just a couple of hours, everyone's life is disrupted. Everyone's yeah. life is in disruption right now. Everyone, right? Yeah, they, they get the message. The yeah. interference if all of us with the same purpose and the values stop giving for one a day. Yeah, that's going to take coordination and organization too. It would take coordination and organization. Yeah. But it also could be a human connection. But that's happening. See, and that, and well, they're pushing back, right? They are pushing back, you know. But I think that was the that was the that the the um. Well, I'm going to use a word that it was the magic in the moment, right there. At uh, you know, in the summer of what was that, 2020? Um, you know, um, uh. The video with George Floyd was circulating, um, right. you know, the, um, you know, we were going into lockdown and, and um, Black Lives Matter just rose up as a movement. And mm-hmm. uh, I remember uh, doing the the march up there on Capitol Hill and how incredibly, um, it was just, it, it was an incredible moment to as, as we're moving up the road to look back down that road and see tens of thousands of people moving and marching in solidarity for change. And if we went through and we we were able to to um, get the individual ideas and the individual value systems out of all, out of all those people, um, you know, it's not like they were all in line with each other, That's but right. what they were in line with was things need to change. That's right. Things, things need, to, need change. to change. That's what rebelling. Yeah. That's what you with when you rebel, when things have to change, right? Yeah. I agree. Uh, well, that that's a, a prime example of and you're right. When we did when we did it, it did change. It look did at change. how we work today. We work from home. Look right. at how you know, look at how people are changing what they do to 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 find purpose and how they want to live, right? And the so they're in good job. That's yeah. that's right. That's that's right. Look at how the, the the increase of salary. Did they need a federal mandate to tell them they need to pay people more? No. No. That's right. And you know what else happened? You know, people needed to be fed. Right. They gave people time. They gave people. They kept people in their homes. They yeah. used the social system that we put in place when we had another great uh, event in our lives. You know, war. Yes. To help people. Keep a social system in place to put put a social system in place. Yeah. So that we did not have to go back to the times that people are trying to take us back to. Yes. Yeah. And 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 those are change, right? That's all those change. Are, those we are we all have change. seen it. That's right. And it's and it is messy and it and it's and it is imperfect and um, it is you know it is not in completion um, right. because. Because humanity is is a is not a complete work, uh, and and never will be. You know, we will always be in transition, and so the uncomfort that so many people feel in this moment of where are we going? What are we doing? Uh, it's because the momentum of that moment back in June of 2020, um, that mo- that momentum, that especially the collective momentum, may not be underneath underneath us at the moment, right? Um, because it's been, it's been subdivided and cut up and, you know, through, 
um, through conflicting messaging um, and that and the changing of definitions and right. uh, the manipulation of yeah. uh, of ideas. Um, uh, but um, but don't fear because um, because we're still in process. We're still moving. But and so the, is the human body. So is the human body. Yes. Yeah. This world is still in process. It's, yes, it is. That's why it moves. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, honestly, right? Um, you're right. Wow, Jeremy, those are really powerful sentiments. <laughs> I love it. I'm just building it. off of your, your, you know, what you're saying. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, we're, um, you know, we are, um, we are always constantly moving in, in, in a direction and, um, in the moments in which, how did you put it? Oh yeah. Quiet, quiet rebellion in the moments in which that, that collective upswelling, right. The tide has gone back out. Those are the moments in which we must engage in that quiet rebellion. Those are those moments in which we must engage in self-reflective practices like journaling, like, uh, you know, like asking ourselves, why do I feel this way? You know, what is my motivation here? How am I? And, uh, and we can't remain there, right? It, it's got to take action. You know, right. it's got to take action. Right. And I mean, and that should just be like, it's, it should be something everyone knows. Like, I mean, our bodies die if we don't, we're not in movement, right? Right. They always right. tell us you need to walk 10,000 steps a day, blah, 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 because they know that our bodies are better when we're in movement, when we have action, when there's, you know, and then that purpose is for our health. And this yep. purpose is for our health. <laughs> and yeah. this is no different. This is for our health, too. <laughs> and this purpose, taking action is for our health. Yeah. <laughs> for yeah. our mental and physical health, right? Yeah. yeah and the health of anything else that you cannot touch, but you value. That's right. Well said. Yeah. Well said. So, but Where we started we... off with violence, didn't we? <laughs> about we did. Yeah, we're still talking about violence. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we're, you know, um, yeah, we started off with violence, and and I think one of the areas that that I, I've been, and I think we've all been thinking about it, is gun violence, right? Well, yeah. You know, and uh, um, and uh, I love. Uh, I love that sentiment of uh, they want us to fear what they fear, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, you know the 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 uh, you know I think there is a lot of pain and there is a lot of suffering in this moment that we're living in, um, you know, and that's being expressed in a variety of different ways. Um, right. And I think one of the unfortunate things is that gun violence. Um, especially amongst youth and, um, and in mass shootings in schools is an expression of that pain and that suffering. Yeah. And, um, and why wouldn't they, <clears throat> why, you know, why wouldn't they get the message of, um, of I am without options in um, finding a resolution for this pain that I'm feeling except for the option that I'm seeing in um, everywhere, which is to enact the, um, the vengeance that I wish to see and um, to harm others in doing so. Yeah, or, or they believe that what they're harming is what's causing it. Mm. Yeah. I, I just think what's happening today and 
um, with gun violence too, along with what you just said, is that we are quietly giving them permission to. Because every time one individual says nothing or doesn't cry out loud is also permission that you're granting. And so we're going to continue to see more actors because, you know, we're starting to wash it underneath or, you know, you know, throw it underneath the rug or move it aside so it's not on screen. (laughs) Right. So that's what we're doing. Right. And then then we're using excuses like, oh, I just can't take it anymore. Well, if you don't take something anymore, you act against it. Right. You don't, you know, shut it off, especially if it causes harm. I mean. Right. Right. I mean, I I just, I just think about that all the time. Like if every, it's, it's sort of like instant pain. I was telling Lori this yesterday that I don't believe it takes a long time to change anything if there's instant pain. Right. Mm-hmm. If you believe, if, if if you feel someone's humanity, you have pain that that's expressed there. Right. So if I was falling down the stairs every single day, breaking my nose because I didn't tie my shoes, I can guarantee you it's not going to take ten times. Right. I'm going to, even if I didn't know how to tie my shoe, I am going to do something about those strings <laughs> because I do not want to fall down the stairs and break my damn nose. Right. Yeah. So how do we address this suffering? How do we address that's this? That's, that, that's the thing. You know, we address we address it by actively and deliberately saying that we won't take it anymore. We need something. We need to do something about this. And all of us need to do it. Not just some people who are harmed by it. All of us need to do it. Because yeah. if you don't, then even if you don't mean to, you are giving them permission. Right. And if you are okay with living with that, then you've made your choice. Yeah. Don't talk to me about humanity or, you know, don't talk to me about why you're tearing down your neighbor, my neighbor. You chose to not see what's right in front of your face. Yeah. You chose not to act. You chose not to call. You chose not to say something. You actually chose that this is okay. Right. Because yeah. this this isn't something that's born out of magic again. This is something we wrote into law. Yeah. And anything did. that we do, we can undo. Yeah. That is evident, obviously, by them trying to take away the rights from women. <laughs> Apparently, right. they think that they can undo our rights for being our own bodies. It's crazy that we need a law in place to say that you can't oppress me before the color of my skin. Yeah, it is nuts. <laughs> yeah, the most ridiculous thing. Yeah, and to write it down means that you can write it away. Yeah, I think sometimes that's easier than writing it down, right? You yes. know? Right. Like, yeah, right. Once it's down, it's there. It's there. Yeah. And so if you can undo those things, then why can't we undo what we've given to these gun manufacturers and lobbyists? We can. Yeah. There is nothing that we cannot do to change this. And people say it's easier said than done. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's a a massive effort. it's, It's a massive effort because you value something different. 
You don't value the life that you cannot see or touch because it hasn't touched you. What about the argument of that, uh, you know, that, that, um, you know, the car, the car isn't what, isn't what, what killed the, um, the person in, you know, crossing the street. It was the driver that didn't see them. The gun is not what killed the person. It's the, it's the operator behind the gun. What about that idea? That is a ridiculous notion because the gun was designed to kill. Yeah. The car wasn't. Yeah. That is, that's, I mean, there's no even argument about that. That is the dumbest, foolish thing that you could say to me. You yeah. say to someone else, but you can't say to me. Because the design for the gun was to kill people. Yeah, that's what it was for. That what is the car wasn't designed for that. Yeah. It was designed to help <laughs> people. Right. Yeah, to move you down the road. To move you down the road. Yeah. It was transformational (laughs) yeah the gun that they're talking about was designed to kill multiple people within seconds yeah well it also was transformational and it well yeah but not for the betterment right of of, of humanity right yeah because it's it, it it's designed to take life not only that but to steal life yeah steal the lives of others yeah. Put them in their hands to cause war. Trade for human life. Yeah. I mean, it was designed to harm. Yeah, it was. So that argument about it's not the purpose. Not, get, get out of here. Okay, you're craziness. That is just insane. It's like saying, well, you know, it's not the crap that killed them. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Well it's said. Your hand that put it in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> that insane. It was designed to do what it does. Yeah, it wasn't the pipe that killed him. Yeah. Right. right. And yet. Yeah. yeah it's, 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 you know, it's a crazy notion. It is. Don't believe it. it don't, don't believe it. And don't buy it either. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I also think that, that we really do need to look at, um, at, um, whatever it is that is causing the, the solution is, is, um, is obvious uh, as far as from the perspective of somebody that's hurting and they're taking uh, gun violence into their hands. Um, but, but I also think we need to look at that, that hurting, like, what is it about a, what is it about? And it's predominantly young white males. What is it about young white males? that is uh that is causing this expression of um as a solution to their problems because we're breaking we're breaking the reality that wasn't really reality right that's why that's that's exactly you know that's like somebody who was dealing with psychosis all of their life finally getting information yeah that that challenges their life in general. That's like, oh, do I live in this video game or do I not live in this video game? Right? Because they don't feel their whiteness. Right. Because they don't feel their privilege. Right. Because the world they see says, "I'm white. I'm treated better." Yeah. I'm white is supreme. White is all around me, and it's you know, and, and there's merit to that. When 
something says that, well, you only have it because of it, you're challenging their reality. Yeah. That is pretty harmful. We put people in mental institutions for it and we give them medicine for it. Yeah. Whiteness is a sickness. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it should be treated as such. And so when you don't have the capabilities to process that or the people around you to help you deal with it, that is what you turn to. You want that harm and that pain to stop. And if you don't understand it, then you find someone who is who is to blame for it. Right. And if you have enough loud voices telling you that it is this, then that is what you attack. Yes. And the um, so I think this touches on on it exactly. And the the reality that um so so the 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 proper processing of that right or any challenge to your reality is it goes back to that quiet rebellion that self reflection that um self regulation yeah. um and uh but if you're feeling these challenges to your reality which are not a reality at all because whiteness is not is not real right there's no such thing as actually whiteness um it is you know, it is a, a legal construct. It's a legal evolution on race um, uh, that, you know, American history was completely built on. Um, then, um, and, and you know, and, and that, that challenge to that reality can happen in many different ways, right? I mean, it, a young white male um, is coming into the, into the world with, a, with a, at least a certain unsaid promise of, um, you are, you know, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be successful. You're going to, you're going to have, um, opportunity. And when that success and that opportunity don't come into fruition because, um, because they, they are made fun of, they don't meet up to this standard, um, you know, of what it means to be a man, what it means to be a white man, what it means to be these things. Um, and they're ridiculed and, um, you know, for not fitting into these, these boxes, um, they are also reinforced with access and, and, um, information, um, uh, that is telling them that violence can be an answer for you. I, I mean, that's, that's, yeah, I believe that that's, that's definitely a scenario. But then I have to ask myself, what makes the white man so different from the black woman or the black man? They uh, have boxes that they have to fit in too. Right. Yeah. They have well, all these other ch these challenges too. How, Yet, how many images of of a of a, of a black man or a black woman do we have? Um, what if John Wick was black? Would, well, would that does that work? Well, I mean, I I mean. What do you mean by work? Like, well, you mean, like, will it sell as much? Yeah, or? would there be four films? You know, would it, you know, I mean, if we look at these heroes, right? These heroes, mm -hmm. these Schwarzeneggers, these um, Stallones, these, mm -hmm. um, you know, these Keanu Reeves, if we look at these heroes on film and screen, they're white males. Well, yeah. I mean, because the writers themselves, center themselves in these things <laughs> and most and most writing i mean most things most people who have those opportunities have always intended to be white men 
right? right? So of course they get to center themselves in those images and put them on, on you know, in places and movies and things like that. It wasn't yeah. a black film, and I think that it would, it would um, do well. I don't think it would do as well. Well, right? Foxy Brown, right? Right. Uh, you know, I mean, that's an example. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, another another example that that has mainstream success to some degree is um, is uh, um, is it Shaq? Shaq. Yeah, Shaft. Shaft. Yeah, Shaft. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, but. I, I think what I think what we're dealing with, I don't think it's just the writers, right? I think what we're also dealing with is we're dealing with we're dealing with a, a, a culture um, of white mm-hmm. supremacy that is expressing um, the supremacy of whiteness mm-hmm. in its media. Right. And um, and so and I think that Fight Club, um, you know, uh, the film and the book address this um, uh, when. Um, the character played by Brad Pitt, um, uh, which is Tyler Durden, addresses this group of young men um, in a circle at this fight club. And he says, um, he says, I look around, I look around. I see all the potential uh, of the world. And yet, uh, and yet you'll, you'll never meet up to it. All our lives, we've been told we will be rock stars and, and um, action heroes and, and we will be all these things. And we're never going to be these things. And, and I think what that, what that moment is, is grabbing hold of is you've been fed a lie your entire life. And, uh, and that lie is based off of white supremacy that, uh, that you, that, that, um, and those words are not overtly utilized except by a very small segment of society, right? Which says you're white, therefore you're supreme. But to everybody else who grows up in 99% white uh, communities and neighborhoods and schools and, and, uh, and films and all these other things, that message is still coming through, which is, it doesn't have to, you don't have to use the word supreme, supreme or supremacy. You just, it just is the, the message that's coming through. Right. And so when you're that young white male that does not fit that mold and you are um, ridiculed and beaten down for it, through high school, um, you turn towards what the what the messaging is telling you to turn towards, which is vengeance. And the easiest vengeance there is is the vengeance with the gun. Mm. That's wow. Yep. And that's why. And and, and 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 not only just the, the gun, but I mean, they also turn to policies. Yeah. Right. They rip. They, rip, they, they know they rip the the privileges or the, or rights, just the normal rights from people who aren't white. Right? I think, right. I mean, you know, you're, you're making a line between that, that young man that, that, that takes gun violence into his own hands and that, and that politician that is writing policy in order to ensure that the status quo stays the same. That's right. It's all about status quo. And right. It's all about it is all about maintaining the status quo um, because, I mean, it feel it feels good to them. Nothing is nothing is happening, you know. For you power, know, power and privilege does feel good, right? Yeah, even, power even... and privilege feels good to them. And if you do something different, it it might change the power structure. Right. You it might if you vote differently. If you have too many people now who's voting, if you right. let too many people in the country, 
<laughs> you got, I mean, you, you're going to change that status quo, which is the status quo they say they don't have, but no, they benefit from. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah. it's a lie. It's yeah. absolutely a lie. But I don't think that it is wrong to want to be more than who you are or more oh, than, or see your full potential. Yeah. Or, or, you know, or go beyond where you thought you could go or go before. We were all competitive in nature in that way. And it drives us to evolve. I believe that it is just that in our bodies itself. What I don't believe is in the construct of race. Mm. Um, and that somehow changes, you know, um, is the reason why you do something. Yeah. Um, and that's what I, you're talking about. It's that as a white male, you are expected to have this white picket fence and to have this cushy job or even a high paying job in a blue collar. And I don't, I don't like that blue collar thing either. That I believe that also is um, something that we've done. It's a form right? of division. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, but those, those stories are told, but yeah. we are so removed from it now, we should be telling different stories. But because we bear those things, we are still stuck. This is why we're not evolving as a people. I think we're we are starting to see. So you know, going back to media, we are starting to see these different stories, right? Um, uh, or at least a different take on on the story. So um, one of the things that I'm, you, you know, that I think you, you, we're starting to see more of is the female heroine, right? You know, the mm -hmm. the the female hero. Um, she's still white. But, um, but, you know, the female hero rather than the male hero, the, you know, the challenge to, um, to traditional roles in media by the LGBTQ uh, plus community. Um, uh, we're seeing a lot more um, people of color in um, lead roles um, in, in film and movies and series. Um, you know, Disney and Star Wars is, a, is, a, is an example of that to some degree. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so so we are starting to see that, um, and it makes people it makes a lot of people very uncomfortable. Well, yeah, because they don't see themselves. Right. You know, they're they're starting to feel the construct of race. Right. <laughs> Which is completely <laughs> unsought of. Yeah, yeah. Say that again. They're starting to feel the construct of race. That's right. Yeah. They're starting to feel the concept of race. Right. They're starting to feel how we feel every day walking in bodies that we cannot change. Yeah. Yeah. And they know it doesn't feel good. Right. So right. they fight back. So the irony of it is that they don't want us to, but they do every day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I actually think that this is an irony in, you know, in the work of racial equity in that ultimately, um, ultimately racial equity has got to, and I, I don't know that this is my lifetime or not, but ultimately it's got to be about dismantling race altogether because it is a pseudoscience that was right. I mean, it, it's yeah. not even a reality. It's a yeah. social construct. It's a social construct and it is a harmful social construct it's a harmful that's what i say it's a harmful one right mm -hmm. that we should just take down yeah right i mean i mean we use it today because we want to keep an eye on making sure that people are treated as human beings equitably right 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 
and this is the way to do it now because we have the construct in place. Yeah, right? the construct is in place and, and there's a lens to look through. Right. But now, it, right. But the reason why we're fighting so hard now is because that list that used to just say male, female, white, and black now says cisgen. <laughs> it says they, she, her. It says Afro-American, black, Caribbean-American, right? And, and, that, and that's how you know that's why they're fighting back so hard is because we're breaking it all on our own. We yeah, it's, it, it's, it's like glass shattering, right? It's, it's like a glass, glass shattering, right? Yeah. And now we have one that says biracial. Now we have one that says other, right? The, and we're moving away. There are less people checking off the com, you know, complete constructs of just white. Yes. Now yeah. we're doing, you know, white, male, doing, you know, now. It, as, yeah. And as long as non-binary, you know, non cisgender, non-cisgender, yeah, that's right. Gay, doing, you know, now that list is expanding and expanding and expanding. The only thing that hasn't moved yet is the federal government because we still have cis white men, gen, you know, Christian men, Christian men running our goddamn nation. However, right. <laughs> our, federal, right. our federal government, however, other places with that knowledge and technology, the schools that made them liberal yeah. are, you know, are doing things differently. And so yeah. we didn't start out to do this. It's manifested on its own if you want to be included or an inclusion, a leader of inclusion, it manifests on its own. Yeah. And now we have all of these things and all these surveys, right? And eventually we're not gonna need that anymore because there'll be too many to list. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be yeah. too many to list. And so yeah, that's and systems, that's replacing the system. Right. And that's uncomfortable, right? Um, that is an uncomfortable process. That's the Buckminster Fuller idea of you don't you don't change a system by dismantling it. You change a system by building a system uh, next to it totally, that makes it obsolete. I totally agree with that. Who said this? I want to know. I want to read their Buck, books. Buckminster Fuller. Um, Fuller. I yeah. said this once before and I could not write the name down because I didn't know how to spell it. I I'll, know text it to you. <laughs> I'll text I it to you. you. I will totally believe that. I totally yeah. believe that. And I believe that just on the regular things I see every single day in the way my brain thinks. I know I told you and Dr. G before that we never said we were going to go away with the landlines. But when those cell phones came, it just replaced They're gone. Still. Yeah, gone. they're gone. They're yeah, gone. and, and you know, you've got an older home and you can still see the 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 box outside your home or even the plugins for a landline. But landlines right. don't exist. Right. We've made them it's, obsolete. They're gone. A system replaced it. Right. We didn't try to dismantle it. That's how I think we need to do this work. I think yeah. that if we spend our time trying to dismantle that system that's built in the foundation, we are going to be, it's going to break our hearts every day. It is. Yeah. And I think, <clears throat> you know, um, there's actually individuals on, on uh, like Jordan Peterson, for instance. Um, you know, I actually think he's a brilliant thinker. And he is an individual who is staunchly um, uh, challenges the challenges to the status quo. Um, and the reason for that is the reason why I think brilliant thinkers would challenge um, the, you know, especially white males is because um, it means it, it's, it's an extraordinarily, it's uncomfortable. That change is uncomfortable. And um 
And, you know, nobody said that in the process of making the, you know, making the old system obsolete, there wouldn't be uncomfort. There might even be dissonance. In right. fact, there might even be great dissonance. You know, one right. of the arguments that that Peterson would make is that, well, uh, you know, um, the you know the the classification of of gender um, as a binary allows for society to grow and to prosper. That's not untrue. Uh, you know, I mean, it, you, you know, the procreation of of human beings and Elon Musk you know he says the greatest challenge that we we're facing in the next uh in the next 40 50 years is population because we're not procreating uh well i mean those are true sentiments and uh if we're going to make the current system obsolete that means that something is going to have to replace it and mm -hmm. it's going to have awkward phases that's right it's going to have phases that are going to be like i don't know where this is going uh, you know, but I, I, you know, it's not my responsibility to know where this is going because I'm not, I'm not the potentate of humanity. I don't get to dictate where humanity is going. I get to look at all this and say to myself, why does this make me feel this way? How come let me explore this? What, what do I, where's, where's my place in all this? How do I, right? I need to self-reflect. I need to self-regulate and I need to become self-aware on these things and how and, and how best to use the time you have because you know it's not infinite right right that's exactly right which turns back to action which turns back to values that's right yeah and that's that's absolutely right i i agree with i agree with all of that you know our place in it um i i i agree with 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 transformation mm-hmm Mm, I mean, the expansion of our universe, all those things that they talk about, right? That's all about transforming. Yes. And we spend way too much of our humanity in transaction. Well and, said. And so that's why we're struggling as a people. Yeah. Yeah, we are. We are putting our action in the wrong place. We're putting and our action. is yeah. a problem. It's a, it's a problem. It's a yeah. problem, right? Yeah. Um, and organizations that, you know, those in 2019, 2020, when, you know, they saw this happening and their employees were angry and they wanted the companies to come out with statements and things like that, that was a transaction. Yes. It wasn't yeah. transformation. No, not at all. Not at all. And so, yeah, and that is the that is the modern, um, you know, equity uh, movement within organizations, you know, um, hiring equity managers and trying to hire a diverse staff that wow. is um, that is transactional. That's not transformational. That's right. The transformation happens when the organization and the people within it transform themselves individually That's in right. order to see the world differently so that those folks that are coming into the organization are welcomed and a part of it, not tokenized and driven out. Well said, yeah. quote you, well said. That's exactly what I live for, that transformation. I'm all about transformation. That's good, that needs to happen. And, it, yeah. and, it, and, and if you need, um, 
if you're seeking to grow, then you're going to need different perspectives because nothing done great is done alone. That's right. And so you're going to have to have the, the people around the table who think differently than you and not be challenged by their difference. Yeah. But invite that difference in so that you can make something that's better. Right. Quiet rebellion. Quiet, that's right. Quiet rebellion. And all greatest organizations have leaders, had some leaders that, you know, are true visionaries and true visionaries take risk, right? And they believe in difference. They believe in transformation, right? That's why Apple did so well under Tim Cook. I mean, they just, he believed in, in a, he had a vision and he wasn't sure what was going to go, but he was pretty sure that if we went there, we took that step. And now today we have the iPhone and all these mini things and other organizations following suit. Um, it has nothing at all to do with being constructed into a one and in boxes. Right. It had everything to do with being able to, to, to let go of that, to, you know, be okay and comfortable with change, yeah, know that there'll be some fear, but only when you take risk. Approaching that, 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 um, you know, those failures when they happen, not as failures, but as feedback. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if we, if you think that it has to be perfect, then you have already, you've already failed. Right. Right. It's a constant process of change. It's a constant process of progression. It's a constant process of transformation. It is. And when it's reduced to transaction and to perfection, it, it's, uh, well, it's leaning into uh, a culture of supremacy. It is. Like, who knows more? Who knows what? I need to get this person here, that person here, not just bringing in natural talents for people. You know, you force on a system, you force on a new system. Right. Um, where people have to be in it or not be in it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't fit here. You don't work here. You don't fit here. You don't work here. You know, you're not a good fit. Like you said, for, 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 for this, that's, that, that's, and that's a horrible place to be. That's why the kids, that's why, you know, that's why I think this whole notion about kids are our future. It's not, it's, I mean, the statement itself is the truth, right? Cause we're, (laughs) they're going to live a lot longer. We hope. That yeah, we, that we, we don't put things in place that shortens their life, but they're right. going to live a lot longer than we do. So they are the future, right? In many ways, but they're more than that. They think differently too, because they are born in a future that we thought of. Yeah, right. right? That we manifested. That yeah. we manifest, right? Yeah. So if we believe that they're going to think and do things the way we used to, then we are stumping their growth. That's for right. Their future. Yeah. And for their future futures. Yeah, I think, you know, and this kind of goes down a different road, but I think that's one of the things about um, <clears throat> about baby boomers that, um, you know, that, I mean, if you look in, in many respects from um, less in, in corporate organizations, but still, but certainly in government, they're still in powers of positionality and power. Mm-hmm. And um, that generation should have stepped down a long time ago, but control and command. Right. But they, um, you know, they are still in those positions because 
um, they, they, were, they were holding on to a world they wanted to see without allowing it to transform into the world that they manifested. Right. And well uh, that is absolutely the truth. With well all its said. faults and, 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 and benefits, yeah. you know, um, they manifested a world. And, um, you know, and, and our generation, Gen X, um, you know, they're moving into, into those positions now. But um, the reality is, is we need, you know, we need to be teaching the, and frankly, you know, the millennials, um, you know, our children's um, generation, they're far more equipped uh, at the ages that they're at um, uh, than I think we were, you know, I look at my sons and I, I think, wow, you, you guys in your late thirties really have a perspective that is far more grounded about the world than I did. I didn't actually really feel like I started developing a grounded perspective on the world until I was in my forties. Right. You know, well, we're going to look at where, how we were raised and who right. we were raised by. Right. 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 And they, and besides that, they, it, the boomers had, I mean, they taught us what we needed in order to, uh, you know, in order to, to, you know, manifest a different version of the future of our, of our world than they were living in. And, mm-hmm. and it came about. And so they believe that if we still do those things, then it'll come about again. Right. <laughs> just, all right. Um, so I can see why they want to hold on to some of, you know, to some of those things, but some of those things are also hurting us too. Like they also taught us that you have to go to school. You have to get right. a four-year degree and you have to do this. And then life taught us that depending on the color of your skin, you needed more than just a four-year degree. You needed somebody who worked there. Yeah, right. <laughs> you, know, right. you know, life taught us that, you know, yes, you're right. We needed to be educated. You probably didn't get this one right when you thought that they would find other modes of oppression. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oppression shifted, right? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And it started in the 80s. Like, oh, yeah, you're going to go to school and get educated. And then you're not going to give me a job, but then you're going to be able to use the system to help people not be bankrupt against me by not being able to get rid of the debt to go to school that you put upon me, but won't give me a job to pay down the debt. Right. That is, that that is oppression in action. That is oppression in action. Yeah. Yeah, And what we do know is that oppression, oppressive systems in large scale eventually crumble. The housing market is an example, right? Uh, you know, when, when, when from, from 1999 to 2008, when, uh, when massive loans were being given to individuals who one couldn't afford them and two were structured in a manner in which they were going to uh, come down like a hammer upon them within a five or seven or 10 year term. And when it did, well, it collapsed the system. Yeah. And, uh, and so those mortgage payments, were not a form of freedom. Those mortgage payments were a form of oppression. The student loans that are out there are not a form of freedom. Those student loans are a form of oppression because uh, it is a system that is fat and bloated and it is going to implode. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's a, that's a problem. Somebody got rich, but it's going to be on the backs of everybody else. It is. And not to mention when you tear down the other systems, um, also alongside it, that there's a whole group of people who feel left out. White men is right. one, of, one. White men are one of them. They thought that right. they didn't need any of the 
the the the educations to transform or to trans, you know, to get into different jobs. And when those right. jobs dried up, there's not, there's not a lot of jobs out there in Middle America for them, and so they feel like something's been taken from them. Yeah, well, it has in a way, right? You know, manufacturing and uh, textiles and and all these all these um, uh, jobs that would have you know that traditionally did provide a living income. Um, for um for these you know white male and female individuals um are gone and they're gone because they've been moved overseas um they've been outsourced uh along with it things have changed right the price of a home is not twenty seven thousand dollars anymore the price of a car is not you know is is not um, ten thousand dollars anymore um and so and and so um it is this, it is this weird confluence of um of there is truth in 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 this idea that that the that the far right is saying you know um this stuff is being has been taken from us and yet um there uh what they're really saying has been taken from us is the um is that construct that whiteness created within the hierarchy um, to be able to be um, working class blue collar, which I agree, I don't think it's a great term, but it does describe um, this. To be white collar and blue and 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 uh, or blue collar and, and working class, and to um, have all these benefits uh, of of what it is, while at the same time, if you um, if you are a person of color, uh, you 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 know you're you don't you're not, you don't have those same opportunities. You don't have those same experiences. And those things have gone away. Uh, those things have gone away with NAFTA and with, and with globalization and, and, uh, and uh, it's put the stark reality of race into their face. They are, you said it earlier, they are feeling um, the construct of race yeah. for the first time. For the first time they're feeling the construct of race. It is, yeah. it is true. And they are not made as resilient because of it. Right. They were never made resilient because they never had to walk through those waters. They didn't have to. They didn't have to figure out a way. They didn't have to know which bill to pay first. They didn't know how to overcome. They don't know how to 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 have all these these pressures and strains and still take a fa you know take care of their family and still live tomorrow. Instead, they want to take the lives of others and themselves. These are the things that life teaches us when you know when you have obstacles to overcome. Mm thousands of years of obstacles to overcome yeah when you don't have any obstacles to overcome the first obstacle you have is breaking you yeah right and so and and so because of it you have lots of you know people targeting killing themselves yeah yeah so, suicide is massive yeah you killing, you killing, killing themselves right especially uh especially for white males actually it's, yeah, uh, it's the number it's one white yeah number it one is the number one uh cause of death amongst white men it, men in general actually and men, uh, but white men, men in general but white men especially white men especially is suicide it, it's, it's suicide mm -hmm. and it's because for you they just didn't have any real you know real things to overcome like what they thought they were overcoming the work they thought was work wasn't real work right, right. yeah Right. And I hear it all the time. Like, oh, I don't have privilege. I had to work for everything I have. No, <laughs> you, you did have to work for it. But I don't really think you had obstacles to that. Right. right. You didn't have to 
fight your way to that job. You didn't have to fight to get to that job. You didn't have to be fight. You didn't have to change who you are. You didn't have to appear to be different. You didn't have to put your head down and not look anybody in the eye. You didn't have to lose any of yourself. You didn't have to, you didn't have to, to, uh, to overcome those things because you think that there's a better day. Because you, you've been told that this is not your home. You know, this, you know, you, there will be something different. There's something else to choose drive to. And those words, the words in the preaching that you get in these, our church, you know, in black churches that Martin Luther King did help you overcome. Right? Yes. And help you to a better day. It helped you to know to rebel, that quiet rebellion that they talk about. You know, they don't have that. No, in fact, they have the opposite, and that's what you were saying. And the opposite of that is, uh, we will not be replaced. That's the opposite right. of that is, um, you know, is um, we must ensure, and our this supremacy. is not right. <laughs> right. That's, that's we right. must ensure our supremacy. We must ensure that this privilege is, uh, you know, it, it does not go away. That's right. Does not go away. And right. when, when, and you know, when when the message should be. Um, you know, this system is no longer working for us. And um, maybe there's some, some uh, connection and similarity into the stories that are, that are all around us by other communities when they're saying this system doesn't work for us. That's right. And maybe we need to change the system. Right. And they would come to that on their own conclusion, but they need a certain media to tell them that it is not that. It right. is that they took something from you. Right. And that media does not exist in the mainstream right now. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It only exists yep. in, on the fringes like this conversation. Right. You know? yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, but, but, and once they do realize that our struggles are their struggle, then the system is that, and so that, so, and I believe that that's happening. Yeah. And so what they're, what they're doing besides the fringes and getting good but people is that they're trying to solidify it in, in law right. and in order to do that you have to have the right people in place yeah and and so, yeah. and so now that's what the fight is about the fight is about this court the fight is about who makes laws the fight is about the money to support those laws and policies that's where the fight is now because they realize that they couldn't hold us back for so long because right. that list of who's white and who's black got bigger yeah that's exactly <laughs> right families are intertwined friendships are intertwined you can redline all you want but you can't redline the social media you can't redline you can't redline this anymore right that's right and so because they can't control it yeah. they're either going to fill it with disinformation and misinformation to slow it down yes yeah just enough to put in people to change laws that's right. what's happening. That is what's happening. That is what's happening. And that goes back to critical race theory, right? It's the <laughs> right. manipulation of a word that's right. uh, in order to fear what, you know, in order to ensure that I, you and I fear what they fear. That's right. And, um, and, um, and it's not reality. And it's not reality. Long enough to put the people who want to stay in power in power forever. Right. Right. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, and it's a broken soul that they have, yeah. but it <laughs> it is a bankrupt of any value that we all share. But it possesses 
but it possesses yeah. and it, it and it lingers right and 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 it's because and they and then they were really deliberate about this they're setting they, they make sure that early on in our lives we are linear thinkers mm-hmm. early on in our right. lives we are not challenged to think outside the box yeah we're, we're not we don't dismantle the box right in, in no. our thinking which is critical no. thinking and in today's world um that's one of the reasons why i think um systems thinking and and teaching it is so vital because we That's are great. all so deeply interconnected. And if you can't see those interconnections, you're going to be easily manipulated. It's true. Yeah. It's, it's true. We have to design our communities in such a way that it addresses all of these built-in, as Eddie Vowd said, racial habits, how we see each other. Right. Um, and practice it with our quiet rebellion every single day. That's right. To live our values deliberately and have no one challenge us on that. And if they do walk away because yeah. they need you more than you need them. Yeah. And once you become the majority of that, they have to shift in some ways because they value their transactions. And you know, that's where they come from. This is right. why we don't, why when black banks, they used to get blown up in black communities because we're transforming. Right. We're building systems for ourselves because we see ourselves outside of yours. And when they realize that those things will be successful, even though you're not touching or harming them, they came in with destructions and bombs. The same thing with right. actors who come into your march just to cause problems. Yep. Yep. Because they want people to think that these things are a problem. Right. Right. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's what it is. That's what... Trans- transformation over transaction. It's the, the it's the it's it's the only way. Um, and you mentioned something about heroines and you thought I, and you know, I'm in love with comic books and I read a lot of comic books and I love my superheroes and things like that. You know? um, people would say, oh, you know, I had somebody said to me, oh, you like superheroes because they come and they save the day. And I thought to myself, I thought about that. Like, no, I don't really like superheroes because they come to save the day. I, I like superheroes because they value, they value human life. Yeah, they do. And they're willing to put their bodies with whatever power they have in front of it. Yeah. Yep. And that's why I like superheroes. Yeah. Whereas supervillains um, are looking to, you know, are looking to uh, consume and to take. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's exactly right. Right. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and value the thing over the human being. That's right. They value the thing over the human being. And so when you think about women and heroin and stories, it's real powerful to call the mother the heroine because you know for a fact that those mothers value the life of their babies more Mm. than anything. And so um, we... In some ways, it, we didn't need to say that they were heroines because they right. are. Right. 
right? But there is there isn't an actual thing for men that they could point to on that, right? Right. They have a part in that. Yeah. Yeah, well, righteousness and self-sacrifice um, have a tendency to be the the hallmarks of of those male heroes. Right. Look at Cap. Look at Captain America. That's 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 right. Right. right? So, and also they, you know, they were the only ones who were allowed to work and those kind of things. You know, women's ideas and at least the ideas, even though everything about a male has to do with how a woman runs her home and where. It just doesn't cross their minds, right. you know, <laughs> that, that um, and that's why I always say, Jeremy, you know, like, if you want a better man, you raise them. Yeah. Well said. <laughs> well said. Yeah. So, so, you know, when people say to me, like, oh, you know, what do you want? You know, we don't want to be on the top. And I think to myself, we kind of should be. Yeah. I mean, in all leadership positions, they kind of should be at this moment. I would, because sure. Because I, even at work, work you're being raised. Oh, what? Well, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And so, if you get the right person there, you're being raised in a way that is beneficial. And we, yeah. Can jump, and, and 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 so, it's it's a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing to tell stories, and mothers tell stories, grandmothers tell stories, even grandfathers tell stories. Certainly. Of their grandmothers and their grandfathers telling stories. There's yeah. always a story that's to be told, including the one that you live. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and and I like your idea of even at work you're being raised. I mean, in the context of uh, of parents, right? That the word "raised" has a very specific def- definition. You know, rearing right. and raising children, but in the workplace, being raised by you know by leaders and a leadership, um, raising above, right? Raising up, raising you know. Um, you're being raised up. You uh, are. And you're being that, raised up. That's what an organization, uh, if you know, the hierarchy within an organization should be working to raise up its staff. That's and oftentimes right. that the focus of that hierarchy goes the opposite way, right? It's to keep it's to control. Yeah. To yeah. keep them working, to keep them doing this. You're not, you know, de- you know, developing them to be the succession. To be that parent of the next organization or the leader that need to be for the, the times that are changing right before us. Instead, you keep them back and we spend more money on, you know, teaching them things they should be learning all along. Right. And that's why it's so vital for an, um, for an organization to teach its people how to have that quiet uh, rebellion, right? That's to right. how to, how to um, self-reflect, you know, self-regulate and, and become self-aware and practice it. Because they won't be prepared when the call comes to rise up, to raise up. That's right. Um, because, uh, in fact, what they'll do is they'll complain, then they'll bitch, and they'll and you know, and they'll be like, "Well, I don't want to do that. That's not my job. That's not. That's, that's right. That's somebody else's. Job. That's somebody else's somebody, job. Yeah, we need somebody else to come in and help us with this, right? right? Yeah. Why don't you hire somebody else for that? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. That's, exactly, that's why my plan is always based on, you know, people first and growth and leadership and sustainability, because when it is time to lead and we needed those leaders in 2020 right. and 2021, yes, we didn't we did. have them. No, we did not. We didn't have them because you were not raising your staff. You weren't raising them in a way to, to stand up for that leadership. Right. And you took on these titles and didn't know what it meant to right. be a leader. 
Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and people, when, when people needed it the most, they couldn't even look within. Yeah. Well, and leadership became about, you know, and, and it has been, it, it, you know, uh, there's a confusion between between management and managing and and, and leading. Right. You know, we lead people, we manage things, but we live in a world in which we manage people, and we manage people because one, we haven't uh, encouraged them, and they and and the and they do have not encouraged within themselves to have the maturity in order to 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 self growth and self aware, um, and so they end up needing to be needing to be managed. Um, uh, but but two, we're also not creating leaders, right? So we're not creating people who who are are saying, um, prepare yourselves, do the work, because we're moving forward, and the time is going to come when um, we're going to have to rise up, or we're going to have to, and that and that time is coming. So you need to determine: do you want to be a part of this organization or not? Because I'm telling you, it's coming, and if you're not ready, you're going to get left behind. So you can self-attrit, you can grow, or you can get fired. It's one of the th- one of the three. That's it. That, that that's it. There's no there's no time. Your, your your window of opportunity has really run out. Yeah. It is, it, it is really run. It's and it's running. It's running out. It's running dry. And 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 that it, and it's so true. And I believe that we we do. We have people who are directors. I call them directors of projects. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not directors of people yeah. <laughs> they, because when you ask somebody what they want in a leader you get so many different things coming back at you right so many different things because they can't even figure out what it is yeah. they're looking for right right what they're really looking for is i think that leaders it's it's very simple leaders have to be humble and if you're practicing humility, then you know empathy is there. Yeah, right. And when you're leading with that empathy, you know that you're listening because you can't have it without it. Right. And then when you layer that with the values of humanity first, then you know the kind of action to take. Mm, well said. And so when you have that in a leader, then the choices and the things that they design work for people. Mm. And in turn, it becomes small transactions. Yes. Yeah. Well said. And so that is the kind of thing that leaders should be thinking about. You know, it should be thinking about those, those, those characteristics and leaders Anybody with positionality that leads someone shouldn't be saying things like, like trust is earned. And when you're a leader, trust is given. Trust is given. Yeah. Yeah. And when it's, yeah. And, and, you know, when, when that trust is broken, then it's not time to necessarily punish. It's time to educate and it's time to understand and it's time to coach and it's time to teach. And I mean, if it continues, then, you know, then, then why are you trying to, why, why are you, why are you trying to continue with this process? You know, if, if, a, if, if a person continues to break trust, then at some point, maybe, maybe something's not working for them. And so I, and I know exactly, and I've been thinking about this real hard, hard, heartedly is that about those values, trust is given when your values are aligned. Mm. 
And so when your values don't meet anymore, that purpose and that passion is all of a sudden there is something that's not there. And so you end up questioning and those questions come around. Are, um, you know, are you still in the same place I am in? Yeah. yeah. Are you still working in, and then we're talking management, you know, are we still working in this for the same reason? You know, are you being true to the mission I thought we were leading to, right? Yeah. And true to yourself. Yeah. Vision to yourself. And when you don't have that, then there's trust is easy to break. Yes, it is. Because you're not acting on the vision or the mission that you set out for. Right. If you're not, if your actions do not align with it, then there's no trust there. That's right. Yeah. And it was a collective. And then, and, and so that's, yeah, that's, that's why values are so important to, to know that the person in front of you is sharing them. Yeah. And these ideas are not idealism. These ideas are um, are in a, ra- a you know a radically different take on the way we choose to look at organizations, right. uh, and you know and and putting things in their proper place. Leadership, you know, management should never be managing people. It should be managing things. That's right. It should yeah. be managing things. Yeah. And 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 people wouldn't need to be managed if they were all they all knew that they work for a common purpose they move as a collective right Right. they move they move as a they move as a collective and you do the things that you know basic human needs they need reward they need acknowledgement you know they need to live and be able to think as themselves without fear of you know and they need to be told that immediately so that they don't continue to make the the mistake that they do yeah so you created a circle of leadership right not only do you have somebody at the top of the organization who's leading the Way, but they're also cultivating leaders underneath them. So everybody is a leader within the organization. That's right. First everyone, and foremost, yeah, they're everyone, a leader of themselves. That's right. They become leaders of themselves. And what do they do? They take these stuff home, right? right. Because most of the we have a, a system that you work most of the damn time. Right. And so the, all your values are being shaped there. Yes, they are. And so if you're shaping those values correctly, then they come home and they do the same. Right. And your parents, well, my parents I said that if you did such and such this way, or I heard my parents say this and such and such in this way, yeah. then you, they remember it. And then they right. conduct themselves in that way, even if they don't believe it or not, they don't have to be told because they are swimming in a culture you set for them. Yeah. Yeah. So, All right. We've well, done three hours. Wow. Three hours? <laughs> we have yeah. to break this down. <laughs> I hope you. you yeah, we've done three hours. Yeah. We have to cut this. You have to cut this out because we've kind of. Nah. <laughs> no, there's good stuff here. There's good stuff here. Um, if you made it to the end, which we hope you did, because uh, because I think that that Fiata dropped some beautiful gems here. Um, then thank you so much. And if you want to check out some more information, um, then you can go to uh, our website, which is co3consulting.net. And you can have a look at uh, at the services that Jerry and I provide for consulting. Um, and if you wish to contribute to this work and this conversations that we do with our podcast, with Jerry's podcast, which is the Evolution of Aloha podcast and can be found on all platforms, and this podcast, which is the Plowline podcast and can be done, found on all platforms, you can go to patreon.com backslash Plowline Productions. 
and you can uh, contribute. A dollar a day goes a long way, and you get some uh, content such as the video for this conversation right here. Fiera? Yes. That was fun. That was fun. Well, thank you, Jeremy. I almost forgot we were. T- <laughs> I thought it was just you and me again. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was. It was just you and me. It was fun. Well, thank so. you for inviting me, and I really appreciate it. I always love talking to you. I always love talking to you too. We'll All do right. it again. We'll do it again soon. All right. Thanks, everybody.